This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're now going to transition over uh, to finishing up this list uh, that Jeremy Fowler started, the top 10 players at each position in the NFL. And we're going to kick off with the interior offensive linemen. So, Brian, uh, we don't have to get very deep into this list, this list where Jeremy Fowler solicited the opinions of 50 people across the NFL, players, coaches, executives. We don't have to get deep into the interior offensive line list before we find the Cowboy. Number one is Quentin Nelson of the Colts, and then it's number two, Zach Martin uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, where he was ranked last year, number two overall. Uh, one NFC offensive coach said he's a pro's pro, smarter than blank, never have to worry about him in a one-on-one in the run or pass game, doesn't miss assignments, knows his body, trains, understands when to push and when to back off. He's the quintessential guard. You feel fair with that? I, I mean, you may. some people may squabble. I'm sure there's somebody there who'd say Zach Martin's better than Quentin Nelson. But overall, I think Nelson and Martin won two in the league. Any order you want, I think people feel good about that. Yeah, I think you can would one of those things where they used to say, what, throw a blanket over the two and whatever happens, happens. Kind of yeah. thing. But I I I I would love either player. You know, both Notre Dame, both super tough, both you, you when you look at uh the football intelligence with both players, the, the mobility, the power, the strength, the balance, it's really hard to separate the two guys. I, I you know, I think that you know, Martin being a little bit older, Nelson is, you know, it, either way, it, you would just feel, you'd feel great about the uh, either one of those guys being on your team. But I, I guarantee you the Cowboys are super, super happy that they have Zach Martin. Uh, he's everything I just said about the, when you, when you start to talk about, it. they're going to need him to play once again at a very, very high level, especially now with Terrence Steele uh, playing there at right tackle. Uh, moving on over to the quarterbacks now, where I know there's a lot of discussion all the time about is Dak Prescott a top 10 quarterback? Well, this is what the vote broke down to Aaron Rodgers, one Mahomes, two Josh Allen, three Tom Brady, four Joe Burrow. Shout out LSU Tigers. Brian brought us Go Tigers. Uh, Joe Burrow, number five, Matt Stafford, number six, Justin Herbert, okay. seven, Russell Wilson, eight, Deshaun Watson, nine, and then coming in at 10, just ahead of Lamar Jackson is Dak Prescott. And this was the area where it was most contentious, apparently the closest vote that they had. Uh, one NFC executive said a good but not great quarterback. He has to play well in the playoffs, has to prove he can take them to the next level. He's not in the top echelon. One NFC offensive coach said good poise in the pocket, sturdy, always been deadly when they space the field and empty. Sometimes needs an extra hitch to confirm things, but he's typically a good decision maker in their drop back game. I think it's completely fair. I think 
wherever you have him, I think fine. the second I think the second evaluator is more accurate than the first evaluator. I do too. Yeah, no, I think that, that and I think that's a fair even handed look at Dak. I think it says where he is while recognizing maybe limitations that he has that somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes doesn't have right now. But I would have been floored if somebody had him outside the top ten. The only I personally would have Matt Stafford below him. I know people freak out about that. But I'm interested that I don't see why Watson would be ahead of him on this list right now, given if you look at their careers, Watson hasn't done a ton more than Dak has statistically or as a lead. And Watson's been off the football field for almost two years. So uh, you, do you feel okay with Dak at 10? You, you think that's a fair ranking to have him just in the top 10? Yeah, you mentioned Stafford and see what a Super Bowl does. There was always a yeah. time, especially this time of year, when we were getting ready for training camp and you always listed your top 10 quarterbacks. And the names you could put together were always Stafford and Dak. They were always together. And now you win a Super Bowl. There's a little bit of separation. Uh, you see Russell Wilson has dropped from maybe a top four guy into kind of the mix now where Dak is at. Yep. So I I don't have a problem with Dak in the top 10. The, the thing that I – and I think he's a better passer. I think he's a much better passer than Lamar Jackson. Me too, yeah. I really, really do. I don't think he has the elusiveness of Lamar no, Jackson. Or the speed. But oh the speed. But I feel like though that if this could be the year with a healthier Dak that the mobility and the power and all those things that we saw from him pre injury will return. That's my hope. Yeah. Uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um I'm interested in year seven of seeing the mental side of things. I'm I'm very, very interested in that. I bring that up a lot and I'm sorry. But it's something that for all quarterbacks, when you mention the upper echelon of quarterbacks, what's the one common thread they have? Especially the Rodgers, the Bradys, the Mahomes. Between the years. You know, Allen, we'll see. The ability to see the field. Yeah. The ability to see, the, build, the ability to anticipate, the ability to make that throw. And Dak is, at times, we've seen it. Other times we haven't. And that's what's disturbing to me is I never, ever, ever worry about physical Dak mm-hmm. because I think he's always going to be there. It's the mental side of things. It's Is there anything holding him back? If we get to camp and all of a sudden he's making a lot of those anticipation throws and then the tight windows and stuff like that, showing confidence, you know, maybe, you know, last year too, that arm, Going into camp, I know it was very early with the 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 you know the shoulder, the shoulder issues yeah. and stuff. Yep. You know, we were all like, "Oh, geez, what just happened?" You know, kind of a thing. So, I feel like though I'm looking forward to seeing Dak. It's not going to be the physical stuff because that's fine. The mental stuff is where I'm where I'm keeping a focus on right now. Yeah, and I think that because we have seen it, and I think we saw him play with vision and throw with anticipation. In 2020, before he got hurt, first half of 2021, mm-hmm. I think you can safely, and we'll, if there's evidence to the contrary this year, we need to take that into account. But I think you can safely write that off to what I've pointed out or what we've discussed here, which is, um, you know, I think there was just a little bit of he was rattled by how much he was getting hurt, and I think he was concerned that he was going to get hurt again and maybe had a little bit of PTSD from that. But I trust that he's bounced back from that. Um, the running backs list now, Brian, We've got no Cowboy in the top 10. It's Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams from the Broncos at 10, then Austin Eckler at 11 in the honorable mentions, and then at 12 in the honorable mentions, 
It's Ezekiel Elliott, where they say Elliott's fall outside the top 10 is still a bit surprising considering he just produced his third career 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown season. But his rushing yards per game have dipped in each of his six NFL seasons from 108.7 in 2016 to 58.9 last year. I have no problem having Ezekiel Elliott at 12. And that's a frustrating thing that, uh, you know, I think the organization has been grappling with because he is probably a 12 to 15 running back and he's paid as a a one to two. He is. And that is something that, you know, you, you know, you live with until you find a way to move on from him, move on from the contract, but felt like though he gave you everything he had banged up. You know, but what's funny, Bobby, and I talked to a lot of the same sources you do, they were insistent he wasn't hurt. You know, it was just, it, you know, I, I just couldn't get over it. it was, he's not hurt, he's not hurt, he's not hurt. And lo and behold, he was hurt. You know, and you're you're kind of like, well, man, were you trying to protect him? Were you not trying to protect? What's the, were you just ready to move on from the guy? But if if anybody needs to have a what they would say a bounce back season, it's Ezekiel Elliott. If if he all of a sudden gets it going again, 2016, 2017, Zeke, that kind of running back, this offense has a chance to be pretty good because then it's going to have the balance necessary and it's going to protect Dak Prescott. And I feel like if Zeke has a big year, this offense could have a big year right along with him. If if it's not and he's banged up again and the yards per carry is going down and they really don't figure out how to way to get Tony Pollard the ball more, then we're going to be talking this podcast. We're going to be talking about a new coaching staff next year uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot riding on uh, Zeke this season uh, for sure and and what he is in terms of where he's at with his health and, and what he can contribute in a, a time where – um, he's, he's, he's going to be, you know, uh, up for an evaluation as to whether he's going to continue his career here with the Cowboys. Uh, next list yeah. here is the receivers. Again, we'll run through these really quickly. Devonte Adams, one Cooper cup, Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson, man, it's the LSU takeover. Brian brought us, uh, number five, Tyreek Hill of the Dolphins, six, Stefan Diggs, seven, Deandre Hopkins, eight, Mike Evans, nine, Debo Samuel, 10 DK Metcalf, honorable mentions, 11, Keenan Allen, 12, A.J. Brown, 13, Terry McLaurin, 14, Chris Godwin, 15, Michael Thomas. Then finally at 16, we get CeeDee Lamb. And there's a bunch of people, it's referenced here, that evaluators think he could definitely jump into the top 10 with a good performance this year. Uh, One AFC scout talking about he's so talented and the game comes very easily to him. But ultimately right now, he's viewed as the 16th receiver and he's viewed as the third receiver in the NFC East behind McLaurin and A.J. Brown. Do you think 16's fair? Would you have maybe – I'd personally maybe have him up a, a couple spots higher. I think he's I think he's better than Godwin. I think he's better right now than Thomas, to be honest. I know a lot of people have said Thomas has just been away, and that's why people hold that against him. But to me, all the things people say about Dalton Schultz and, and the type of game he plays, I think you can apply to Michael Thomas as a receiver. Um, and so CeeDee Lamb, to me, would be up more in the 14 to 15 range. Uh, how do you feel about that ranking? I, I feel like they get him right, Bob. Yeah. I do. I feel like they get him right until otherwise proven different and otherwise proven different is to go out there. And I blame myself as an evaluator of where I thought CD lamb was coming into the NFL. You weren't alone. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I, you know, I, I can only, I can only make my own evaluation. You know, I, I didn't really, you know, I, I worked with some, the Jeff Cavanaugh's, Kevin Turner's, the Dane Burglars. I mean, we all worked together on this. We all talked about this and we all felt like that CeeDee Lamb was the top receiver in that draft. And he still might be. He still might be if, if we could get Dak Prescott to the, like I say, the mental side of the game, the physical side will be there, but find a way to better use CD Lamb. Find a better, and maybe this is the year. I, I keep wishing you and I have been at OTAs, mini camps. Again, we'll be in training camp in a week. Uh, you know, how do you use him? How do you get him the ball? You know, that's, that's that's what makes these receivers great. These creative offensive coordinators are like, these are our best players. You know, let's use them like they're our best players. And I'm waiting to see CeeDee Lamb have the type of season that I believed he's capable of. And if he doesn't, well, then that's on me for the evaluation. Uh, if they try and get him in motion if or moving and, and throwing underneath and on the move and all that stuff, and it doesn't work out that way, well, then I was wrong about the player. He's a good player, and but he's top 15 right now until proven otherwise for me. Uh, two more positions here that we'll run through really quickly. Tight ends, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. Those are the top seven. Number eight yeah. comes in, Dalton Schultz, one AFC executive, saying dependability, versatile with blocking, oh, maybe. Uh, really good hands, and then a uh, another NFC offensive coach said handles multiple roles, good hands, yeah. can bend to get in and out of breaks, not as dynamic as others on the list, but really solid. I think that's a fair evaluation, and I, I talked to yeah. you guys on G-Bag. In fact, the last episode we recorded, I said I predicted he would be ranked eighth overall, and that's exactly what he, he is. I think, that that's, I think that's right where he is about in this league right now. Yep, you get him right. Offensive tackles, uh, and this one was interesting to me, Brian, uh, not because of talent, but, I mean, just because of reliability and other things. The list is number one, Trent Williams. Two, Tristan Wirfs. Three, David Bakhtiari. Number four, Rashawn Slater, who the Cowboys uh, considered yep. picking alongside Micah Parsons. Then number five, really surprised, it's Tyron Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people have him ranked as high as one. Lowest rank, he was out of the top ten. Last year, he was ranked nine. So he jumped four spots, actually, despite... Being injured again and, uh, you know, not looking great at times, especially near the end of the season. Uh, one NFL coordinator who voted him number one said, I know he's old and injured, but I don't care. He's still the best. Athleticism and strength uh, accented by vet savvy and toughness. Uh, Brian, are you surprised he'd come in as number five at this point in his career? Uh, that just shows you the respect. I know my gang is seven, which are my guys that are general managers, player personnel guys around the league that, I bounce ideas off of, you know, we were talking about trade value and to a man, there was some guys who were saying second round, you know, type of value right there. You know, I, it sounds like to me being top five, there maybe should be some first round value there, but I think, I think the thing that Tyron Smith needs to have a clean season. And I mean a clean season with not, offense and defensive linemen falling on the ground behind his legs as he's blocking and falling into his back of his legs and things like that. Nobody misses more games when somebody just, 
you know, not even Tyron Smith's fault. Falls into the back of his legs. He gets bent back. Now you got a strained knee, sprained knee. You got a high ankle sprain, all these things. I, I think he could survive the back and the things like that. It's just the unfortunate things that happened to him during a season. You know, what late in the year he's coming off the COVID situation, that didn't help him at all with his strength. So if Tyron Smith can have a clean year, top five is is surely the right spot for him in this uh, in this hierarchy of offensive linemen. Cowboys end up with a name in uh, either an honorable mention or a top ten name in every single one of the position lists except safety, and I think you still could have argued that J. Ron Curse belonged there, but, uh, you know, yeah. maybe a little bias there, but I, I don't know. I thought he had a pretty damn good season. Uh, you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt. He is Brian Broaddus. You can follow me on Twitter at BobbyBeltTX. You can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Broaddus. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.